and I was driving to work and literally the first line that came out of my mouth was so real and it made sense and everything that I literally cried for like 25 minutes after that. I couldn't even go to work. I had to like call in like a delay. So I had to like calm down because it was so. Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, this show is going to be a very, very exciting one. It's one that I've been waiting for for a long time. This guy, Scott Hilsey, is somebody who I have been watching from afar for a while. I decided to reach out to him because I knew he had a lot of value he could bring to the community of Young Smart Money. And what he's doing and how I sort of came across this guy is through his one product drop shipping business model. Okay, so he's basically launching these stores where he's selling one product he's scaling those to a place where right now he's made over 200 grand from a single product on a drop shipping store he's going to talk all about that business model he's also going to talk about how to become locally famous because that's actually the first time that i encountered scott's content was he made this video where he created facebook ads that allowed him to become locally famous in his city uh, people were approaching him on the street saying what's up so that's a very interesting project as well and then lastly scott's going to go really really deep on facebook ads okay so if you are somebody who is looking to use facebook ads in any kind of business scott is going to break down some very uh, maybe complex strategies for you if you haven't encountered them before. So I'm going to encourage you when we get into the Facebook ad section of things to slow things down, maybe pause, replay, listen to it again, take some notes because there is a lot of valuable content there. But if you're just listening and you're not really fully digesting it and taking some notes here and there, it's going to be tough to retain. All right. So when we get into the Facebook ad stuff, again, bring out the pen, bust out your paper, start taking some notes because you're going to need it. If you want to retain some of this amazing information that is not going to be easily found elsewhere, Scott goes really, really deep. He really knows his stuff and he has made hundreds of thousands of dollars with Facebook ads alone. So you're not going to want to miss this. Without further ado, we're going to bring Scott on to Young Smart Money. Scott, welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm definitely doing good. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So Scott, for our listeners that aren't super familiar with what Scott Hilsey is up to, could you fill us in a little bit on what you're up to right now in this moment? And then we're going to flash back a little bit and work our way up. Okay. So in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to launch three different businesses. One's a clothing brand, one's a mentorship program, and one's a multi-product store that I'm using my one product store's data for. And that's, all, that's what we're going to talk about, I'm sure, a lot today yep. as the foundation. Uh, I'm, I just got back from Los Angeles. I spoke at this penthouse mastermind with people literally who have over hundreds of millions of dollars, making hundreds of millions of dollars. And then I'm going to Maine on Monday and then I'm going to Toronto in a week and a half. So like literally I'm, I'm, I have to launch all three businesses while doing all this. You're, you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> That's wild. All right. So I want to get, I want to get down and dirty into your story, how you got to where you are right now. Cause obviously it didn't happen overnight. Um, so let's flash back a little bit, maybe to when you were in like high school, middle school. Were you somebody who was hustling from a young age? Were you starting lemonade stands? Were you selling candy bars in class? What was that looking like for you? Oh yeah, definitely. I was, uh, I'd sell like, uh, I, 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 oh my God, I completely forgot about it. I went, I've been on Alibaba. I'd order like 50 headphones that for like 10 cents each and then sell them for like $5. Uh, I definitely had the lemonade stands and I definitely, I'm sure there's so much more. I just really can't even think about it. I was definitely a swag bucks guy too. Oh you know, yep. Yep. Classic dude. <laughs> Big time swag bucks guy. Uh, Damn, I know I did a lot more. I just can't, I haven't been asked that question before. Really? Yeah. I, I always kick off with that because I'm always interested to hear where people got started and always, it always brings back positive stories. So I'm like, it's a good, it's a good place to start. Definitely. I know there's a lot more there. I just, I can't believe I, I, I'm blanking on it. In high school, I definitely did some stuff. I can't remember. 
It's all right. If you remember, oh, we can you know what? Oh, I do right. remember that this is a bit, this cause I, I didn't, I didn't, I forgot about this story until like a couple months ago. My first entrepreneur venture mm-hmm. was in college freshman year. It was ice cold, like seven degrees here in St. Uh, seven degrees here in St. Louis. Uh-huh. And I just wanted some money and I was running out. So I was like, okay, uh, I'll do a leaf, uh, uh, like a leaf raking business. So <laughs> I knew I had to be different and stand out. So I made these flyers that say, uh, like, I'll rake the hell out of your leaves. And I think my, my catchphrase was uh, leave no leaf behind and stuff. And then the picture was me in a suit with no shoes on. Like you could see my white socks. And it was just this, I intentionally held this massive rake at the very bottom with a fisheye camera. So it looks like I'm holding like this 10 foot rake in a suit with no shoes. And that worked so well, in fact, that when I put out the first 10 flyers, I immediately got a call. This guy was like, I love this flyer. Me and my wife are dying laughing. Do you want to do our lawn? So I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> so not only did they allow me to use all their equipment, not only did they pay me like 80 bucks, which was a lot to me back yeah. then, their lawn, they gave me five, they were a prominent figures in the, in the Columbia community. So they gave me five places. They said, go to any of these five places, mention us, and I guarantee you, you can get a job. So it worked that well. And then ironically, I found out a couple months ago, one of, the, one of the people I gave that flyer to apparently was the entrepreneur teacher at Mizzou. So they're, they're, right now they're teaching about my entrepreneur ways and they don't even know what I've been doing since then. They're teaching that story still and I dropped out of that college. Like it, that, they came full circle. Came wow, that's wild, man. That is wild. I forgot about that story. Dang, so you said you dropped out. What inspired that and when did that happen? I dropped out. So I, since 10 years old, I saw this movie, Lords of Dogtown. And I was like, all right, I want to live in LA for sure. And then perfect timing. When I was 20, I was going into junior year. My friend's like, hey, my mom's getting us, give me an apartment in Koreatown, Los Angeles. And I'm like, oh my God, for sure. Do you want to live there? I'm like, hell yeah. There are four of us living in this tiny studio. And it was a very bad part of Koreatown. There was like multiple families just like living on our block, like just living like actually on the block like out of their vans and stuff and like there's two there's this big robbery on our block with two ak-47s they just robbed like the i was walking to the store when it happened too and um so we lived in the very bad part we didn't have a car or anything we had a skateboard and used the uh, (laughs) bus transportation system everywhere we get scared at everywhere but literally skateboarding saved our lives because no one was gonna rob someone on a skateboard (laughs) and I, i worked as a buster in beverly hills so i would go back i saw the both sides of it and i loved it so much I came back, I moved into my uh, college place, woke up the next day, moved straight back out and be like, listen, I called my parents. I'm like, listen, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to move back to LA because I just wanted to move to LA and have nobody ever tell me what to do again. Wow. What was, yeah. what was the big draw to LA? Was it just like the, the movie, movie? <laughs> the Lords of Dogtown movie, actually, because I, I ride the same mini skateboard and everything. And I'm like, that's the lifestyle I want. And that's the lifestyle I've wanted since I was 10. And I actually, you know, got it. Wild. So what brought you back? What brought you away from LA? Uh, I went outside. So it's actually crazy. I started drop shipping two months before I moved to LA. Okay. I launched my, my famous case now, um, mm-hmm. the store. I got a few sales on engagement and I was naive enough to be like, okay, this is working. Maybe I can just pump a lot of money into engagement ads. So then I started losing money and I'm like, whatever, I'll just shut down the store. So I shut down the store, moved to LA, became an Uber driver. And I was like, all right, it's all going good. It's all going good. Uh, I liked it a lot, but something was telling me there's something to that one product. There's something to that one product. So October 11th, three months later, guys, I literally gave up. I literally gave up. <laughs> three months later, I launched the product and 
those first three weeks I did like five or $600. So I'm like, I'm pumped. Like I'd never done that much ever before. Killing it, man. Here's the thing. I was living with this awesome girl I met on Airbnb, like perfect situation with her dad owned the house. And I was paying like, I think I paid like 1300 for the month on Airbnb uh, just for the room and which was decent. It was in Mar Vista, like two miles away from the beach. Like, yeah. And like really good community, huge backyard. Like I really liked the people I live with. And so not to, not to talk trash on her or anything, but this is just the situation of what happened. I go, how much would it be off Airbnb if we could make this a monthly thing? She's like, well, let me talk to my dad. And she's like, oh, a thousand a month. I'm like, oh my God, that's perfect. Like, I'll yeah. for sure do that. She's like, he just wants a deposit. So I gave her a hundred bucks. She comes to me three days later and was like, hey, I actually talked to my dad. He said it's going to be 1200. I'm like, okay, that's like max budget, but okay, that's fine. Like, I can't go any more to that. She comes to me a week and a half later, like literally a week before November 1st starts and goes, hey, so I actually talked to my dad and he said it's going to be 1400 a month. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, th- Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Christmas is right around the corner. Maybe I should just go back to St. Louis. Can I have my $100 back? And she's like, well, I can't give you the $100 back. Like, you're kind of screwing me over by like just saying that you said you wanted the room. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of gave you the money for the agreed upon rent, not 40% yeah. more. <laughs> So there was a discrepancy there and we worked it out and I ended up driving back. And as I was driving back to St. Louis, I was getting like one order, then two and then three and then four and then five. And my store started taking off right when I got back to St. Louis so that when I got back to St. Louis, I was planning on becoming an Uber driver in St. Louis. I didn't have to anymore. I didn't have to get a job. So I started scaling like that. And that's what brought me back to St. Louis. And I scaled and obviously a lot of people know I scaled that case to 215,000 and I moved back to LA in April. and I moved right back after a month because it was like, what am I doing out here? I'd rather be in St. Louis where I can focus more. St. LA can be a really big distraction, but I like to go out there. I like to build my confidence in St. Louis and then get humbled in Los Angeles because of how big people are playing up there. Hmm. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So the, the main thing in your claim to fame is this one product dropshipping. So that's kind of what I want to get into right now for our listeners that aren't familiar with that strategy. Could you break it down for us really quick? So one product the, the attention spans so low nowadays. Oh yeah. You, you want to get quick sales, quick sales. And the one product is not the end goal. The end goal is scaling one product to a massive level so much so that now you have a huge database of emails, a huge database of Facebook pixel uh, members and all that, that you can now use to lay the foundation, the structural foundation for a long lasting brand within that one product's niche. Like that's the long term goal, but mm. it's, it's, you got to be patient. It's first things first. I'd rather build a foundation and have a steady foundation than try to scale quickly all a bunch of products than spend hours and days. And some, some people even tell me months to build one store that might not even work to begin with. So like you can literally build your entire store, import your product, make your Facebook page, um, link the pixel, have everything set up in like four or five hours. Like this store that I did $215,000 on, it literally took me two hours to build. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, so basically, is it just as simple as it sounds like you literally just selling one thing on one website and that's it? So it is as simple as it sounds, but where it gets a little complicated is the Facebook ads, especially at the beginning, because Facebook ads, you can you do something called lookalike audiences. And I'm going to get into that to a second, but when you start, you got to use interests only and you got to use your own brain, like what, who will like this? And then you got to read the data and then you got to retarget Once you get to a certain number, it's a hundred purchases, 500 to 1000 added carts or 10,000 Uh, website visitors you can literally take that data give it to facebook and let their brain not your brain you can now let facebook's brain that tracks every behavior every interest every comment everything 
create a certain number of people in that audience that you can use now to market to. So I knew from the get go, I'm not going to pretend I know my brain's more powerful than Facebook's brain. Mm -hmm. The Facebook pixel is the most powerful tool of marketing to ever happen. And it's amazing. You can use that. And again, that's what this whole one product format thing's about. Just using that Facebook pixel and going from there. Could you break down for our listeners that aren't maybe as Facebook ads savvy? What is the Facebook pixel? The Facebook pixel tracks every interest, every behavior. It literally goes even as far as to what words, what terms you're commenting on your friends' photos, what, uh, what articles you're clicking on, what articles you're liking, what your statuses are. Like, I mean, some people even say they're tracking our conversations on Messenger, but I can't, <laughs> I can't speak on that. I mean, there are a lot of videos showing, like if you hold your phone like this with the Facebook app open and you just talk about cat food or something, you're going to get cat food ads. So like, I'm not, I'm not accusing Facebook of anything. They deny it, but it's pretty likely that they're tracking your voice too since the Messenger app gives you full permission. Uh, so the Pixel, basically... Uh, you can use all that data that they're possibly intruding on your freedom with and use it to your advantage to market. So basically they've got, they've got your mother's maiden name. They've got your social, they've got your credit card number. They got it all. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately Mark Zuckerberg went in front of the of jury last April when I was in LA. I don't know if you remember this. And yeah. that's when like he had to take down a lot of target. Like you could target, you could target oddly specific things. I, I like, you can still target like likely to move like, and just really beneficial things like that. Like if you're a realtor, you can easily oh. target likely to move attracts who's clicking on Zillow and things like that. So I had someone in real estate in my house last night and I showed him it. And within a 24,000, I mean, within a 30 mile radius of where I am, there are 24,000 people who are likely to move or there's 2,500 people likely to move. And then if you add maintenance repairs and everything, cause he was in the maintenance area, it's 25,000. So wow. $5 a day, you're hitting like 500 of those people a day. It's amazing. Jeez, man. Jeez. That is ridiculous. That is that there's just so much potential out there. I know one of the things they took down was income level and uh, yeah, some people yeah. are pretty upset about that, but yeah, you used to be able to track like people making six figures. You could yep. advertise them and, and stuff like that. Uh, they took away active credit card users. So you could literally oh, really? target only people by credit card. Oh, that was a big <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I can't remember exactly what else they took down, but, and they have a lot of weird new policies. Like they shut down my ads because I wasn't targeting the women at one point. It's really? like, okay, yeah, it was 95% men buying it and 5% women. <laughs> and I guess because they looked at it as like a job opportunity because it was for my course, they're like, you can't advertise to just men or it's, it's biased. You have to advertise to both, which that's a new policy. So Facebook is like rolling out all these new policies and taking a lot of things away, but ultimately it's still the most powerful marketing tool you can use. A hundred percent. So are you very on top of like what's changing and you're like always got your ear to the ground of like Facebook ads? Yeah. And for my own self, like this horizontal scaling thing, this new tactic is yeah. just insane. Like I took my case that I thought had died out 13 months later, same product, same Facebook ad. And I ended up doing 42,000 that month once I started doing horizontal scaling. And then something that a lot of people don't even realize about me, cause I don't even talk about it too much. Both, both of my one product, six figure stores, both had one product and both only used one Facebook ad. Each only had one Facebook ad. I started two six figure businesses with one Facebook ad each, one product each. That's so how there, simple it is. Was there testing that went on there? Or were you really just like, all right, this is my ad. I'm going to do it. Let's go. It was so yes, I, I, I scale with ad sets. I can, you, sure. I usually have a good eye for what will work, what won't work. And really there wasn't too much testing. It was just more like what I think looked the best. And then I just roll with that. And I scaled one ad and it's important to scale one ad because 
One of my ads has 4.5 million views. Another one has 1.5 million. And then the other one has 1.3 million. So when someone sees 1.3 million views with like 6,000, well, one of them has like 35,000 likes and things like that. It's like social, social proof can be more beneficial than reviews a lot of the times. Mm. Yeah. Because I mean, if you see an ad that has like two likes and like five people have watched the video compared to one that's got all that social proof, it's, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. Not even close. 100%. So where did you come up with this idea for one product dropshipping? Because I mean, most people, they'll come up with like a general store, they'll have like, they'll have a niche, but then they'll do like a bunch of different products. So what made you decide to go with like this one product route? So I did the same thing as everyone always does. I I started the stupid watch dropshipping store. And then I started (laughs) the stupid women's clothing dropshipping store. And then I quickly realized like I was in I was in one Facebook group, it was called Techademics. I'm not not sure if you're familiar with that with Chris Mm -hmm. Record. He had some good videos. I only watched like one or two of them because I'm mostly self-taught. But I used the Facebook group and I'm like, holy shit, there are 30,000 people in this one Facebook group doing general (laughs) stories. There's got to be something different. So I was reading um, Expert Secrets um, by Russell Russell Brunson and uh, The One Thing by Gary Keller. And Mm. they talk about how it's just like simple, focus on one thing at a time. And I'm like, you know, ClickFunnels is very hot right now. And what really caught my eye is Russell was like, websites are built to show off most of the time. Funnels are built to convert. So I'm like, I wonder if I can apply this to e-commerce. So I took one iPhone case and it's like a video, a picture description, picture description, trust badges, and then my product. And then it just kept scaling, scaling, scaling because for the Facebook Pixel too, it's like when you launch a store with 20 products, the pixel is going to be all over the place. If you launch it and hone in on one product, it's that specific product. Facebook's only going to target people interested in that specific product. No, nothing else, just that specific product. So <laughs> that's where I, that's where I came up. I remember the night I was like, is it like a huge rush of energy hit my head? I'm like, Oh, that's the idea. That's the idea I got to run with. And then, yeah, I just went from there. Dang, man, that's wild. So what I want to talk with you about now is like the process that you're going through right now, because you've been talking about for a while, how you were going to collect all this data, and then sort of turn it into to a bigger store with like in the niche, but like with more than just one product. So talk to me about that, that process for you, and why you decided that now is the time to roll with that. Yeah, so it's basically you want to milk a product for as much as possible. And it can even get to the point where maybe you're not even like, maybe you're just like just breaking even, even if you're breaking even on your product, that's good because it's showing growth and all that data is worth money. My friend just built a store and had no sales and sold it for 500 bucks. So the only way you can get this data is actually by doing it. So it's extremely valuable data. So when you first start, you might, you might be like breaking even or maybe even losing a little bit, but as you grow and as you expand, you start to, like I said, use look like audiences, grow all that, all the grow all that potential. And all of a sudden, you now have this massive foundation that you allow for your multi-product store. And I was telling you at the beginning, you're not coming in blind or anything like this. Now you have that foundation. And what way, so did that answer your question? I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, why, why did you decide that now was the time? Did you feel like this? Oh, okay. was like yeah, absolutely. Right? yeah. So, um, after I did the 42,000, uh, at the end, it started becoming more unprofitable because like I, I said in the stupid Oberlo video I did it in Berlin that what my product was and that video ended up getting like 150,000 views. Oh, so dang. People were literally taking my same ad copy, my same, web, uh, my same website format, my same product and everything. And so that saturated it a lot. Dang. But I already got the data and then I was about to launch it in early February 
And then Chinese New Year came and I didn't want to start a brand on Chinese New Year and have all these people say, it's been two months, where's my product? So yeah. uh, Chinese New Year ended like late February and now it's early March. So it's like, okay, now is the time to launch it. I got all the data. Now Chinese New Year is not a thing. Now is the time to really take it all the way to the end of Q4 and see how large I can scale it. Mm. 100%, 100%. Are you worried that like all these things that you're doing right now and all this traveling is going to make it difficult for you? Or do you have these systems in place to to make it not an issue? Uh, the dropship? Yeah, so it definitely affects it just because I'm doing so many so much yeah. thing like it would definitely affect it a little bit. But the way I look at it is I have to have a balance somewhere. I'd rather I'd rather have fun while doing all this than like hit that grind mode. Like I feel like my creative creativity and productivity is much better when I'm having fun doing it all. Once it becomes like, once it feels like work and I feel like I got to like, you know, hone in, that's when it becomes not as fun. And that's when I become not as passionate about it. But like right now I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Big <laughs> that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, that's basically it. All right, perfect. So uh, something else that I'm pretty curious about with you is something you like to do a lot or that I've seen you do a lot is freestyling. Oh, yeah. Like going live on Instagram and just like freestyling. So talk to us about that and, and where that came from. I guess, well, that came from, I saw this video by Big Doss with Futuristic and it was like nerd freestyling in the hood. And I was like, that's, I want to do that. So <laughs> there was this um, video of Kendrick Lamar freestyling on Tim Westwood. And it was crazy. It was Rolling in a broken Mitsubishi with no AC and a couple stolen TVs and a seatbelt for my safety. Played the passenger. <laughs> I think it's five years after 87. Do the math. 92. Don't you be lazy looking out the window. Notice all the essentials of a black party and then stop for a second. Then it rekindled like a flame from a trick candle. Everybody got denture and centered spiders. Get that kind of center. And it went on like that. So oh that, I heard that video. I'm like, that's exactly what I would do. So I learned all the lyrics to that and it felt good. So then I started freestyling a little bit. And then I started, I found out my friend Aaron, who I just met freestyle. So we started freestyling with him. And then all of a sudden, all my friends started freestyling. And then I went to college and met my friend Ben, who's just outrageously good at freestyling. So we started freestyling like that. And like, I, I used to have a problem with like so many thoughts in my head going on. I couldn't get the thoughts out too quick. But now, since I freestyled, I can articulate whatever's in my head way clearer. And I can paint a clear picture to anyone that I'm trying to paint because um, I, I, you're, every time you talk to someone, you're freestyling basically, not on a beat. And you don't have to worry about rhyming. But it's extremely beneficial in that sense. And it's just like, it's just a way better hobby than like going out to the bars and, and getting drunk or something. Like for literally after I dropped out of college, all we did every Friday, Saturday, and all the weekdays at night is get together and freestyle. And I'm like, at least we're doing something beneficial to our, for our brains, you know? Yeah. Dang. That's, that, that's, that's solid, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. Do you have any tips for our listeners that might want to like get started with freestyling or, or learn what it's all about? Yeah. So I actually, I've created a couple games for literally anyone can freestyle. Uh, say you have like four people, you can do this game where you just take one word and see how many times you can rhyme it. And once you don't have a rhyme, you switch the word, but you don't break the flow. So it's like, look at that cat for the first person. He's about to get hit with a bat or something like that. And then in the knickknack patty whack, and then he might, <laughs> kill okay foot the bill pay a hundred mil and then you guys can just like do one rhymes like that or then you can do like three ones where like you rhyme three times with one word and then switch the word and then on this one the other guy comes in like this and he rhymes he rhymes his three words with the one that you changed it on and then he changes it so it looked like something like um uh i just got some new 350s i'm wearing them every day they're kind of nifty 
but I need some new insoles. They're kind of shifty, but I just got a new shoe. Oh shit. Now I think I might need some glue. Okay. Look at the sky. It's a different color blue. And this is the greatest thing I ever knew ever was. Okay. Now I got a buzz. And then just, you just keep going like that. <laughs> it becomes more of a game than just like, you know, just seeing how long you can freestyle. I think that's the best way to start. Dang. That's, that's awesome, man. I'm going to have to try that out with some buddies Hell yeah, uh, this weekend. <laughs> you get some major laughs because you don't know what's coming out when there's raw thought going on. And you learn a lot about yourself too. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I love it, man. We're, dropping, when, we're dropping some serious value here, man. <laughs> when, I, when, I was going to, when I was a busser, I was like in a really tough spot and I was just trying to figure out everything. Um, and I was driving in and I remember this beat came on. And I'm like, oh, this is a real ass beat. I better <laughs> spit some real ass shit on this. And I was driving to work. And literally the first line that came out of my mouth was so real and it made sense and everything that I literally cried for like 25 minutes after that. I couldn't even go to work. I had to like call in like a delay. So I had to like calm down because it was so powerful and impactful to learning about who I was inside. It was the exact, it was like, it was like 10 words and it was the exact thing I needed to hear from myself and it just flowed out naturally. Dang. Crazy. That's powerful, man. Oh, hell yeah. That's powerful. Wow. All right. All right. All right. So, so something else that I'm pretty curious about with you. I know we're bouncing around a bit here, um, but I'm, I'm just got a couple things I want to talk to you about. Uh, the next thing is um, the, the first video of yours that I ever saw was about becoming like locally famous. Oh, really? Yeah. How you like ran a Facebook ad in your city and, and then people were like recognizing you on the street. So can you talk to us a little bit about that experience? We're living in 2019. We're living in a world where you can manipulate the world around you with one geographically targeted Facebook ad. I launched one Facebook ad and now I'm instantly famous in my city, especially when I wear the jacket. I have like a really multi, multi colored jacket I wear to get that notoriety. I wore that in the ad. Literally in the ad, I was just like, hey, I'm Scott Hilsky. I just moved here. I'm not trying to say anything. I'm, I started two one product store, uh, e-commerce stores and I'm just working out of this building. If you guys see me again, my name is Scott Hills. I kept repeating that. And like in a, in a week or two, I probably got recognized 10 to 15 times. Um, the local highest, cause I, I targeted one mile from where I am and it's not too big of a city. So like the high school, all the high school kids know me big time. Every time I go there, like I kind of had to switch the gyms for a bit because of how many people start recognizing me. Um, but every time I got interviewed by their journalism department, they're doing this whole story and video launching soon on that. Like I would go to get breakfast and the host would recognize me and pay for my like breakfast. And like, I, I just took this girl to the steakhouse over here. And when I walked out, the valet was like, sky Elsie, sky Elsie. And so, <laughs> like, so, and like my, um, my concierge in my building knows who I am from the Facebook ad. And like, I would like, when I see people in my apartment complex, they already know who I am and it just went crazy like that. So like, I literally can't really go anywhere in the city anymore without getting recognized. <laughs> One Facebook ad. So, so what did that look like? You basically just went on there and you're like, Hey, here's my name. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Yeah. It's, like introduce it's, yourself. It's yeah. I talked about my story for about two minutes, but the most important thing is if you guys do this at home, you got to make sure in the video in the background is a notable local spot so that, pe that that's what's going to stop people from scrolling mm -hmm. and be like, what the hell I live here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's very interesting. So what was, what was your goal with that? Was it just to like, see what would happen? Yeah. Just to see, cause I'm like small scale testing in St. Louis. So like if I go to Los Angeles yeah. and say I live in Santa Monica, I bet I could get famous in Santa Monica if I really put a lot of money. Cause I put 
$400, I think, into that ad here. Okay. So if I go to Santa Monica and put like 5,000, I think I would definitely become extremely notable there. And then there's a lot of like really big connected people there, which I could probably get linked up with. And it's the same for anything. I make that point in the video. If you want to be an actor or a model, you can literally just have your photos, like a collage of your photos, and then be like, if you're interested in booking me, uh, send me a message and you can have it be a send the message ad. And then you can target people who only work for the model agencies in your city or the acting agencies in your city. So only these employees are going to see it. And if you do horizontal scaling, you just keep hitting them and keep hitting them and they keep seeing your face. And eventually just out of pure curiosity, even they would message you. Mm, dang, man, that's huge. And there's, like you said, man, it's 2019. There's so many opportunities out there. If you're trying to get exposure, like there are so many ways to do it. And Facebook is just such a powerful platform. Like mm -hmm. you can do anything with that targeting. One and thing it, that you mentioned, oh, go for it. I was just going to say, it's pretty crazy how futuristic we are and like, and connected we are to the fact, like I said, you can manipulate the world around you with one Facebook ad because of how many people are looking at their phones all day long. It's just wild stuff. A hundred percent. Like that's where the attention is. And if you can capitalize on that, you've got some serious, you got some stuff going on. Absolutely. So you mentioned horizontal scaling a couple times. Could you fill our listeners in who aren't familiar with that term on what that means? So vertically scaling is when you take an ad set and you just keep increasing the budget. That's what I recommend definitely at the beginning. Definitely. And an ad set is? And an ad set is your targeting. So like your audience, whatever audience you're targeting and the budget. So okay. when I started, generally when you start, it's better to do it like that because it doesn't cost as much money. Horizontal scaling is more when you have that data for the lookalike audiences and you can make one to 10% lookalike audiences. So I usually target five countries and I usually use about three to four custom audiences. So let's say, and this is why it's better for you to have the data because and the money because it takes a lot of money to do. You have, I have four custom audiences. Each custom audience, I'm going to make one to 10% uh, lookalike audiences in each country. So like the United States, I'm going to use those four custom audiences and make 10 each. So that's 40, 40 uh, audiences for the United States, 40 audiences for Australia, 40 audiences for the United Kingdom, 40 audiences for Canada, and 40 audiences for New Zealand. And that's $5 a day each. So if you do the math on that, that's 40, 80, um, 120, 160 ad sets at $5 a day. So that would come to 160 times 5, $800 a day. Uh, just to start and you're going to lose and I'm going to run that for like two or three days and you're going to lose like definitely money at the beginning. But the thing is I've had ad sets that have made me like 30, 40, $50,000. So say you lose $2,000 in the first two days, even if one ad set works, which you're a lot more are going to work. Even if one ad set works, that ad set could potentially pay off 50 times with that. But in the terms of horizontal scaling, you don't, it's more about spreading it out. So all those are $5 a day, say, say only 50 actually make a sale. So after 24 hours, I would take all 50 and duplicate every single one by five. So now I'm going to launch an additional 250 at $5 a day and then raise the original 50 by 20%. And then it just keeps going. So you keep raising these ad sets 20% as long as they're profitable, but every 24 hours, any ad sets that get a sale, you multiply it by five again. So I launched the 250 now say a hundred get sales. I'm going to keep the 100, scale those 20, scale the other uh, 50, 20. And then now I got the 100, I got a 5X. So now I'm going to launch another 500. Now I'm spending 
like three and a half thousand dollars a day on Facebook ads. And this is only like the th second or third day I just launched this campaign. So that's why you, I recommend vertically, vertically scaling at first until you already have that data so that you can actually make serious scalable money with this. All right. And if y'all are, if y'all are trying to learn more about Facebook ads, definitely like rewind the last like five minutes and listen to that like five times, because like, if you're not in this space, that might've just gone way over your head. So make sure that you like rewind that, listen to it at like half speed. If you need to like get out a pen and paper, like draw it out a little bit. Like it, that's, yeah. that's some deep stuff. And if you're not in the space, like that could go easily, easily over somebody's head, but man, you're dropping some serious wisdom here. And like, that is highly tactical. Like people who are trying to scale something online with Facebook ads, like that is, that is an insanely, insanely valuable strategy that you just provided. Yes. And the good thing about another good thing about horizontal uh, scaling is like for that uh, local ad I did, I did it, but not on that massive of a level. I just did yeah. like for, cause there's not too many people here. I did like eight ad sets, I think. And the cool thing is I had one, I had two, so I had, I had five on, I'm sorry, I had four on Instagram and no, I had five on Instagram and five on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I'd have one kind of a high budget, like 10, $15 ad sets. And then each one was a dupe duplicate, uh, $5 a day. And so what that's going to do is that, that high one, anyone who interacts, anyone who watches it for three seconds or more or clicks like or something, now they're going to get hit multiple, like, so many times because it's going to be on a seven day split. Uh, so that first one, they're going to, that first ad set's going to hit them uh, a couple times within the week. And now they have three other ad sets that are going to hit them multiple times a week, multiple times a week, multiple times a week, because this ad set already showed they're interested in this ad. So it's going to retarget with this one, this one, and this one, along with Instagram, 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 and Instagram. So now you're like, people were telling me that was popping up on their feed, like five, 10 times a day. And that's how, you're able to get in front of that audience so often, no matter what you're selling, you can just, when you're horizontally scaling, it's different ad sets targeting different, the same people, basically. Dang, that's massive, dude. That's oh, yeah. massive. That's oh, yeah. how you get that omnipresence going on and people are right. like, oh my God, this, you won't leave me alone. Exactly. Oh, that's wild, man. That's wild. So you said you're mostly self-taught here. Did you just pick up on all these strategies yourself? Did you make some of them up? Like where, where did all these come from? Uh, so I, mo it's mostly trial and error, honestly, mostly trial and error. Something I used a lot were like Facebook groups. So anytime mm -hmm. I had a question, I just post on a Facebook group. And I mean, a lot of the times it was helpful, but you got to think a lot of the times you're getting advice from people who haven't even made a sale yeah. themselves. So you got to be very careful on who, ad what advice you take from which person. And so mostly it's self-taught. I, the one product format's definitely self-taught. Um, uh, my scaling, my vertical scaling strategy is self-taught. And horizontal scaling strategy, I kind of picked up just because I'm in the in the industry and I saw what was working. And yeah, it's just a lot of trial and error. Hundred percent. So, have mentors had a big role on you? Because it sounds like a lot of what you've done is is just on your own. Yeah, no, definitely not. Like, no one in my personal life does drop shipping. Well, I met someone. I met a couple of people recently who do drop shipping, but I wasn't sure. Like a lot of people say, you have to be surrounded by like-minded people in order to succeed. Not necessarily true with an internet business. It would definitely help. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I didn't have any mentors in this. I didn't, I never even bought an e-commerce course before, uh, just because I knew what I was doing was so unique that a lot of it didn't even apply the one product format. Like the way you scale one product formats and one product things is completely different from pretty much any other thing ever. So I knew a lot of that wouldn't even apply and I wanted to just do it my own unique way. Hmm. hundred percent, hundred percent. Did you have anybody in like the wider business realm that you looked up to, or was it really just like you're out here, you're doing this on your own, you're trying stuff, you're failing, you're trying different stuff? 
Yeah. Um, Ty Lopez was definitely a good influence because mm -hmm. that's where it all started yeah. uh, with his social media marketing course. Um, it didn't not talk shit on his course. I mean, it was weird how <laughs> they didn't go too in depth with the Facebook ads. It was more about getting clients and then like, they didn't really go too in depth with the Facebook ads, but I was, I, I had like a couple clients interested and then something deep inside of me told me this is not the path. Do not go this way. So I just listened to that and I decided not to pursue the course. I mean the, um, the, the, uh, the, the agency, the, yeah, the agency side, but I discovered drop shipping through it from the exposure of digital marketing. So Ty Lopez definitely, uh, inspired a lot of that and being invited to his house for his like yeah. student, that was definitely a validation to myself and a validation to people around me. And same with the Oberlo thing too. Yeah. Talk to, talk to us about that, uh, Ty Lopez event and how you got invited out to his place. Uh, so they, he was just doing his top 300 students and like, I caught his attention when I posted in the group, like, cause this was back when I was trying to get like people to test out my one product format for free, like just completely for free. Mm -hmm. I just had like eight videos and I was like, Hey guys, I literally just bought this Lexus IS 250 from drop shipping one product only, uh, the internet's crazy or something. And that caught his attention. They wanted my like bank statements to prove it. So I sent the <laughs> bank statements and they verified it and they're like, all right, well, we'll see you in June. And so I showed up, there's only 10 of us in Ty Lopez and we talked to him for like three hours. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah. That's wild, dude. Did you meet anybody uh, interesting at the event? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I met, I met tons of people. Um, I, one of my, one, actually I got a call today, um, Ryan Bucklin. He's, uh, just an insane, this guy's doing so much. He, I, I guess I shouldn't really speak on what he does. He does the social media marketing for like major major companies that everyone who's watching this podcast can know but he likes to remain kind of like behind the scenes so hmm. i'm not going to do him like that and mention <laughs> what kind of companies he does it for but and he's working with very very prominent rappers too like way wow. up there he has control of their social media and everything dang that's that's wild dude and that just goes to show like having a connected network and just having like being on people's radar is such a valuable thing because like if you're doing like there's a time and a place for social media as far as entrepreneurship goes. Mm -hmm. And there are some people whose entire business is just social media. And those people I'm kind of like, you don't have a business. Like literally all you're doing is posting on Instagram. Like that's not a real yeah. business, uh, at least the way I see it. Mm -hmm. um, but, but there is a place for that because if you're not sharing with other people, you're not going to get connected to opportunities like that. And you're not going to be able to, to really expand your network in that way. Of course, you're still gonna be able to meet people, but uh, th there's definitely a time and a place for social media, I think, in, in, in being able to escalate your entrepreneurship. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, so talk to us now about that Oberlo uh, deal that you were at just a little bit ago. So you guys can look on my YouTube channel, scroll all the way to the bottom. The videos I was making in like that dark room was at my grandma's house. I was living with my grandma and just doing drop shipping. Cause I literally got back from California. So I was like in between places, like looking for, I didn't know if I was moving back. I, I said, no. Ty Lopez hits me up on like Monday and says, you're in the 300 come in a week. The next day, Oberlo, the biggest drop shipping app in the world messages me and say, Hey, uh, this girl, Venetia, who works for them. Hey, we were looking through our top stores and the name of your store really caught our eye. We absolutely love the one deal. I mean, the one product format. Um, would you mind if we interview you they interview me? That article ended up being their most successful article to date, the most clicked article ever. And then if, when I flew out to Berlin in October to meet with them and make that video, that video is their most popular video ever. And besides 
the three they have three that they ran ad to ads to that have sure. like millions of views sure. um besides those mine is by far the most watched video of all their videos unreal yeah so i mean look how well that worked i was literally <laughs> at my grandma's house and then i got massive massive exposure from two extremely credible sources and, and people will say that's an overnight success but you've been working at that for so long that it's just yeah. the build up of all that momentum over time and i don't know if you've read the book good to great um but they talk about the flywheel and how it's this like big wheel that you're like pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing and it's turning little by little by little. But once it gets that momentum, once it gets turning and turning and turning, then things just start happening and people are going to see all that. And they're going to be like, wow, um, how did this happen for you? And you're like, I've been working for it. Like I've been working all of this time and all the little things you've been putting in all the sacrifices you've been making, were all contributing to like that one moment. It's like the, it's like the Gary V thing where he's like, I hate that word luck, the word luck is so he hates that word so much it's not like like a lot of people are like you're so lucky to live the life you're not you are at it's like these people are telling me this while they're going to college for something and they have no clue what they're doing it's like don't tell me luck like yeah i i i, I literally dropped out of college when everyone told me not to i literally moved to la when everyone told me not to i was an uber driver when everyone said it wouldn't work i uh i did the one product format when no one when everyone said it's not gonna work uh and yeah it was just all of that is this doesn't make sense. So it seems like a big motivator for you is like not being told what to do. Um, big time. Is that true? The main motivator right there. <laughs> no one tells me what to do. Not anymore. <laughs> not even close. Hundred percent. Because like a lot of people aren't willing to go against the grain. And like when people are telling you not to drop out, they're not willing to drop out. If people are telling you not to do something, they're not willing to do it. So was that like the biggest, the biggest thing for you that was getting you to go against the grain? Was like, I don't want you to tell me what to do. Yeah. So if I was like, if I was like borderline on a decision and someone was telling me like, <laughs> do not do that. Like, are you kidding me? Do not. It's like, well, I guess I'm doing it now. You know, <laughs> I just need to just to prove, prove this person wrong. That ever get you so, in trouble? No, not really. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. <laughs> That just goes to show, man, people are worried. People are worried like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen if I do this. If I don't do what everybody else is doing, I don't know what's going to happen. And like, so far, nothing bad's happened to you. Yeah, literally. And I made this point a lot. Never take advice from anyone who's never done whatever it is you're trying to do, mm. which is 99.9% uh, .9 of every single person you talk to, <laughs> depending on your thing. It's like, would you, would you literally ask uh, an electrician uh, about real estate development or would you ask um, like a server at a restaurant how you can get your stock portfolio up, portfolio <laughs> up? Why would you listen to someone who say you want to be a, a professional singer? Why would you listen to your parents saying that's not possible when they're not professional singers? Why would you listen to your friends say it's not possible or listen to their advice be like just grind it out for a couple of years when they've never done it? Find the people who've actually done it and listen to every single word of advice they say. Mm. 100% man, 100%. You've been dropping a lot of wisdom so far, dude. I really, I really enjoy your personality. You're, you're a cool guy hey, to talk to. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right, Scott. So we're going to hop into some of the questions that I like to ask all of my guests before we wrap up the show. You feeling ready for it? Oh, yeah. All right, perfect. The first thing I'm curious about is what are you excited about right now? So it sounds like you've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, but a couple things in particular could be something in your business could be something in the wider realm of the world. But like, what's a couple things you're excited about right now? Uh, I'm excited for these three businesses I'm launching. I'm excited for this crazy main trip I'm taking on Monday, lit Airbnbs only. This this house I rented is unreal. I'm excited for Toronto, going out of the country. 
Um, I'm excited for summer. Summer's right around the, I live in this awesome uh, apartment complex. I just moved into this uh, unit right here with tons of windows and we got a pool on the roof. So like the summer is absolutely <laughs> awesome here. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for a lot more traveling. I'm, I'm excited for going to LA like once a month and I'm making a lot of connections out there. I'm just excited for life in general and what what else there can be done with Facebook ads. Honestly, it's unlimited, unlimited. 100%, man. You're killing it, dude. You are killing it. Do you have any habits that have served you well throughout your life? These could be in business or just in your life in general, just like things you do on a routine basis? Um, oh, definitely working out every day, working out almost every day at least. It's very important for your mental, like just mental clarity. Like any problem you have is not going to matter when like you're, when you're so exhausted, you feel super great. Some guy was like really pissed at me about that day in the life of a dropshipper video oh, yeah. when I was like, if you guys are making an online business, don't forget to go to the gym. Like, don't be lazy. It's, you're definitely going to be happier. And it's going to help you think. And this guy got super mad at me for that. It's like, okay, well, it's probably very extra true for you if you're getting so mad about it like you know it's true that's why you're getting so mad about it and i would say that's a very important thing uh never letting my health get compromised for like i mean some days i'll work like 12 hours straight and i'll forget to eat or drink anything i'll just completely forget and just stuff like that i need to work on but yeah other than that i think working out and knowing that there needs to be a balance between uh personal and business like you gotta have fun doing everything or it's mm. not gonna be not going to be fun. 100%. What's, the point? What's the point if it's not fun? 100%. 100%. And like just being able to get carried away in something, maybe not to that level, but like being able to get so carried away into something that you like forget about time, you forget about everything else. Uh, exactly. And if y'all haven't seen that video, the light, the day in the life of a dropshipper, I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes as well. That's a killer video. It's like, well, like half an hour long, but it's like, it's so, it's so entertaining and it's just, it's very well done, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. The, the trick to growing a YouTube channel is, Find the videos that haven't been made yet so that when you make it, people are going to be more attracted to it because they've never seen it before. And then when everyone starts copying you, your video is going to be the first related video to every single person who copies you. So all these people who do copy you, they're actually giving you more traffic. And that's the best way. If you look at all these YouTubers, especially in the dropshipping e-commerce realm, you'll see like a handful of videos have massive amounts of views compared to all the other ones it's because... A viral video is what gets people's attention. And if you're a quality person who puts out quality content, that's what's going to get them to stay and you get to retain them. And that's the best way to grow it. That's, very that's what I did with that YouTube video. That, I, thought, I thought I was, I was telling my friend Caleb, whose music I used in it, I'm like, it was December 5th when I launched it. I'm like, I'm calling it right now, man. I'm really thinking this is going to get 10,000 views by the end of the month and possibly even like 100,000 views by summer and it ended up doing a hundred thousand views in three weeks. <laughs> wow. Dang, yeah. dude. That's, that's wild. That's, that's interesting strategy though, because a lot of people that I talk to, their strategy is actually the complete opposite of that. Um, I don't know if you know, Kevin David. No. Okay. He's, he's more in the make money online space. He's got like mm -hmm. half a million at this point. I think he's, he's crazy with Facebook ads, dude. He's dropping between 10 and 25 G's on Facebook ads a day. Um, this dude's a beast. Yeah. Uh, but his strategy is actually to like do the opposite and just to copy people and yeah. like find, find a video topic that goes viral consistently watch like, or like go to five videos in that space, pick like the best stuff from each of those and then like make his own version. Um, so, I mean, that goes to show like you can find success with so many different routes. Oh yeah. It depends on what your goals are. It's then that's definitely a strategy too. That's exact. I use that same strategy, uh, for video ideas. Um, though I'd say 
I like his strategy. The only thing I would adapt with it for sure is you have to grow your fan base and get the attention first before yeah. doing. I mean, so you really want to focus on both, honestly, because you what you can do is when you find a viral video, you can make that with a similar title, and then in the tags you can tag them, and so mm. that it's going to yep. be related stuff like that. So you can piggyback off of their viral video, but. When you're piggybacking off of their viral video, most people are coming to their viral video first. So it's actually better to be the one with the viral video people are piggybacking off of. But if you don't, the next tactic would be, and that's where I get a lot of ideas myself, is to make videos like them. 100%. 100%. Totally, totally agree with you, man. Uh, are you consuming any content right now? I know you said that you don't uh, consume a lot of content, but like any books that you're reading, any podcasts you listen to, YouTube channels? Oh, uh, mostly just the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, I watch that all the time. The new Alex Jones four and a half hour oh, one. Man. Awesome. <laughs> I need to rewatch that. Uh, here's one thing about me that shocks a lot of people. I don't watch one drop shipping YouTuber at all. I don't watch one of their videos. I, I don't care. I don't want that influence. I was, I was listening to an interview by Gunna actually yesterday. And he said the same thing. He doesn't listen to other artists barely ever because when you start to listen to someone so much, you start to, you know, in his case, rap like them or like flow like them. And in my case, I didn't want to start talking like another person. I didn't want to start like a lot of people like, uh, for example, something that makes me stand out is every single dropshipper I know uses the thumbnails and pretty much every YouTuber like screenshot here and then like uh, their face right here and then like text right here and and people are, come to my channel they're like why does your channel feel like so different from everyone it's like well i use custom thumbnails too but it's mainly just like making fun of myself like <laughs> it would be like a weird face i made in a video like one of my top videos is like my best drop shipping i mean my top five drop shipping mistakes and how to avoid them and i think in the thumbnail <laughs> like it froze to like and that got a lot of people to click that video and i think it's at like forty thousand views now and <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's just something I do. I, I don't want the influence at all. I don't, I want to be, that's why my tactics are so unique. I never took an e-commerce course. I never really watched too many dropshipping YouTubers just because I knew I needed to be unique in this. And yeah, that's how it, that's why everything I do is so different. Mm, man, that's huge. That's huge. So another thing that, that I'm, I'm curious about is what do you do that doesn't scale? So I know you're working with people um, individually through like your course and stuff. Mm -hmm. A quick example, just to give you some context. One thing that I do is I'll send a video, I'll send video DMs to like five to 10 new followers each day on Instagram, just being like, hey, what's up? My name's Apple. Um, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And that's something that like I don't, I don't scale that. I don't mass produce that. I don't copy paste the messages. Like I use their name in each, in each message because I want it to be mm -hmm. impactful. Um, is there anything that comes to mind for you that you do in your business that isn't like mass copy pasteable? You mean like, what do I do to scale? No, like what do you do that, that like has the personal Scott Hilsey touch to it? Oh, uh, easy answer right here. So right. in the day of the life of a dropshipper at that moment in time, I only have like 700 followers on YouTube and like, right. you know, like I think four, three or 4,000 on Instagram. And so at that point I was getting like 20 messages a day on Instagram and in the video, I, I kind of regret saying it. I'm like, Hey guys. So like if you message me, I literally sit here and answer every single question every single day. So literally if you have a question, I'll sit here and answer it. Didn't expect that video to get 150,000 views. <laughs> so now I'm getting around like two to 400 messages a day just on Instagram. And that's oh, minus man. my two inboxes on Facebook, Twitter. And people are like messaging me on Grailed. They're paying to get my phone number and calling me. They're paying to get my family's phone number and God. calling them. They're contacting my friends and stuff. So I'm like, all right, how about this? 
if you comment a question on my YouTube video within the first hour of it being released, I'll respond to it. And so what that does is when it, everyone turns on their post notifications because yep. it has to be within the first hour. So when I launch a video now, it will sometimes get 300 comments in the first hour and like a thousand views. So that instantly tells YouTube, this is a highly, highly trending video. Let's send it to the trending page. So now that little tactic, not only do I get to help hundreds of people on every single video and they get to talk to me personally and I don't have to like worry about answering every single message in my inbox, but now it's helping my YouTube grow because it's sending every single video to the trending page. Mm. Yeah. That's genius, man. You're killing yeah. it. You got it just, those strategies. You got those strategies. <laughs> All right, Scott, if people have been enjoying the wisdom you've been spitting so far, where can they go to follow up with you, find out more about you? Uh, where can we send our listeners to uh, hit you up at? Absolutely. So my Instagram is scott.hilsey, H-I-L-S-E. And, you know, that's my Facebook and that's uh, my YouTube and that's my Twitter. Uh, if you just search my name, Scott Hilsey on all those, you'll pop up. And then to, for the one product format course, that is simplifieddropshipping.com. Perfect. And I'll be sure to link all of those up in the show notes below for y'all to check out. Scott, do you have any last words of wisdom for our listeners today? Any last freestyle you want to drop on us? Why would you ever take advice from anyone who's never done whatever it is you're trying to do? If I would have listened to like my parents, I would have never gotten into digital marketing. If I would have listened to my friends and they never did digital marketing, if I would listen to my friends who have never dropped out before, I would have never dropped out. If I would have listened to all my all the people telling me LA is too expensive, the people out there are weird, all people who have never even been there before, I wouldn't have moved to LA. If I would have listened to this kid who he's, he's the, he's the one who everyone knows as the, how we live in bro hits me up a year later after uh, refusing to live with me. Cause I don't have enough money and that my Uber plan was, could easily fall through. If I would have listened to him, I wouldn't have, I would never became an Uber driver. I probably would never uh, even lived in LA. If I would have listened to these people who told me the one product format would never work and it's going to die out. I wouldn't have scaled $215,000. If I would have listened to this multimillionaire who told me not to launch my course and to keep those tactics to myself, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have 2,800 people I'm teaching now. And I wouldn't have changed many lives, literally changed lives out here. If I would listen to him who He's an awesome person, but he's never launched a course before. So you have to listen to only the people who you, who actually have done whatever it is you're trying to do. It only makes sense. Like I said, you're not going to ask an electrician about the housing market. You're not going to ask a server about the stock market. You got to find the people who have done exactly whatever it is you're trying to do and take every single bit of advice and do everything they tell you to do. Mm, preach it, man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Young Smart Money. If you want to support the show, you can do so in three different ways. You can subscribe, you can leave me five, and you can share this episode with a friend. To subscribe, all you got to do is click the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. To leave me five, all you got to do is scroll all the way down to the bottom of the podcast's page for Young Smart Money and click on the Write a Review button. And to share with a friend, all you got to do is screenshot yourself listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, tag me, and I will be sure to repost it in my Instagram story as well. I love giving you guys some attention who are listening to the show. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Real quick, just launched a new project called the Online Course Examiner, basically the Yelp of online courses. It is blowing up lately, onlinecourseexaminer.com. Check it out.